brace yourself because you're about to dive into another free first hour episode of the Higher Side Chats. And we just want to let you know that whether you're looking for a companion through your paranoid insomnia, entertaining yourself through one of life's mundane activities, or trying to ward off the internal screams of all those sad, smothered souls around the office, THC is here. And you should know that every episode of the Higher Side Chats has an entire second hour for Plus members. Sign up at thehiresidechats.com and you'll get years of Plus show archives, lifetime forum access, a special invite to Greg Carlwood's monthly joint sessions, MP3s of THC music, bonus episodes, tour videos, and 10% off t-shirts, grinders, and whatever else ends up in the Higher Side store. It's $8 a month that you won't miss, so become a Plus member and treat yourself in these troubled times. Always action-packed and commercial-free, which means you'll unfortunately never hear my voice again. In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Here we go, Higher Side Chatters, taking the wheel from sunny San Diego. I'm Greg Carlwood, once again, just trying to navigate the rough waters of the vast conspiracy, and it is as choppy as ever. The sinister surveillance state is sliding right into place without much resistance. Most people are fully engaged with the rites and rituals of the new global religion of scientism. And the real world is so scary, we see the rest of us slowly sink further into the comforts of a cell phone screen. Despite this full court press and ironclad domination, many people still doubt the conspiratorial perspective that our reality is a tightly controlled, top-down, terror-inducing slave system and energy suck engineered by a capstone cabal that might go right on back to the beginnings of Babylon itself. And even though the masses still consider this level of control to be too far-fetched, how difficult is it really if the major institutions, networks, and corporations they use, they started? Well, today's guest Zachary K. Hubbard knows this all too well, as he's a master of gematria and has been dissecting the numerology of major events, dates, and sports games to such an insane level of detail, there's really no other way to see the world than as one big spell. He's here hot on the heels of a mind-blowing new book entitled Number Games from 9-11 to Coronavirus, and is also the man behind a previous, more foundational and very lengthy book, Letters and Numbers. You can find his ongoing work online under the Gematria Effect banner, and I can't wait to get into this one. Breaking down the ABCs and 123s, the number code cracker, and true Gematria guru, Mr. Hubbard, my man. Welcome to the higher side. You know, I've done a lot of interviews, and you took the cake by a long shot on the introduction. Very well done. I appreciate that. And it's great to be here because a lot of people who followed my work for years have always said, you need to do an interview with the higher side chats. It's taken a while, but I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, man. Too kind. This is a real pleasure. You are probably the most requested guest that I hadn't gotten to. And after reading Number Games, I know it's going to be a blast. Your new book is all killer, no filler, with more information and a single chapter than a lot of the books that I read for work. And... Just much respect, because I definitely don't have a mind for numbers like you. But to kick this off, 
Tell us how you got into number analysis. What were some of the first threads you started to pull that caused pretty much the whole world to unravel for you? But <laughs> Before we go forward, to answer this question truthfully, I have to broach a topic that's gotten my channel taken down over 10 times, but I will try to do my best tap dance around it if you do want to go down that route. And I'll give you a warning before we get into it, but what really got me started, and I've been able to talk about this for the most part, is September 11th, 2001. I was barely 18 years old when that happened, and I thought something was definitely wrong with the story right from the get. And I found myself on an island as a person questioning the event because most people right away didn't want to question. They felt it was taboo or, you know, that automatic accusation. What are you, a conspiracy theorist? And something felt very wrong to me about the event, the way the buildings came down, that there was a national emergency on 911 of all days in the year. The fact that they blamed it on a man in a cave so quick and several other questions, building seven, how it fell so much later in the day. But I started to look into if there was something more relevant about numbers shortly after because I was doing research on 9-11 and I found some interesting things such as in 1968, 9-11 was made the national emergency dialing code, World Trade Center construction came out. The film 2001, A Space Odyssey, came out. Of course, 9-11 happened in 2001. George W. Bush, who was the president at the time of 9-11, graduated from Yale in Skull and Bones in 1968. And what else is interesting is his birthday, July 6th to September 11th, each year is a span of 68 days, getting like 1968. The New York Jets won their only Super Bowl that season, which to me stood out because... Right after 9-11, there was the Patriot Act, and then the New England Patriots, who all of a sudden were the greatest football team ever. And then the emergence of the Patriots came with Tom Brady, who took over after Drew Bledsoe, who wore the number 11, was injured by the New York Jet, Mo Lewis. To me, it just felt also scripted and theatrical. And I was already at that age, I was at the assumption that pro sports were rigged. Saw a lot of things growing up that didn't make any sense with pro sports. And Really, the kind of stuff happens week after week, and I don't know how sports fans don't catch on, but <laughs> I was like, okay, all those things happened in 68, and if I'm counting right, that's 33 years before 2001, and my whole life I've heard little things about the number 33 and Freemasonry, and I thought, wow, that is just so interesting that all of those things would have happened in 68, and then years later, just doing more research just started to notice other number patterns, something like Flight 77 that supposedly hit the Pentagon on 9-11. If you look this up, this is all per the 9-11 Commission report. It took off at 8.20 and it crashed at 9.37, which is exactly 77 minutes later. And then with regards to 77 and Flight 77, it hit the Pentagon, which is officially 77 feet tall. You can look it up on the government website. Also, Pentagon construction began on September 11th, 1941, which was the year that Pearl Harbor happened. And you might have heard of the Project for a New American Century and Rebuilding America's Defenses, a document that called for a new Pearl Harbor, which ended up being what 9-11 was called. But again, Flight 77 hit the 77-foot-tall Pentagon 77 minutes after taking off. And the coordinates for Washington, D.C. are the 77th Meridian West, known as the American Meridian, and the 38th Parallel North, but another 77. 
And I thought, wow, that is a lot of 77, and we still don't have even any footage that a plane actually hit the building. The FBI will only release a few unclear thumbnail or, you know, frozen shots, and it's hard to tell if that's really a plane. <laughs> anyway, I was like, these feel like number games, numerology, number rituals, national emergency, 911 of all days, the anniversary of Pentagon construction, and... Over the years, I would ask people questions like that, and they'd be like, oh, come on, man, that's just a coincidence. Oh, come on, conspiracies. And I was just, over all these years, I was just getting frustrated with people and their inability to question or seemingly even see what's right before their eyes. And also around that same time, you know, George W. Bush had just become the first Republican president since his father, George Herbert Walker Bush. And it happened in the state where his brother was the 43rd governor of Florida. And he became the 43rd president and his father was the 43rd vice president. I just always noticed there was things with numbers and number patterns. And for years I said, what is it all about? What's with the numbers? I mean, there's got to be something more to numbers than just counting like I learned in school. And I was searching for a long time for what the meaning of this was. And I used to be a school teacher. And the last year I taught in school was the year that the Sandy Hook school shooting happened. I was at a private school that year in the Seattle area. I didn't have the advantage of watching the news that day because I was busy in the school building, but it was a private school and parents were funneling in all day to pick up their children. I heard from my colleagues that there was a shooting in Connecticut that day. And I was thinking, okay, Connecticut, we're in Washington state, all the way on the other side of the United States. I'm thinking, wow, the TV's this scary today about this shooting that all these parents are coming in and picking up their kid early and realize that the demographics of the school I was teaching at, wealthy school, a lot of stay-at-home moms, at least one stay-at-home parent. So parents are probably watching TV. But I said to a colleague that day before I even knew what was going on, I was like, this reminds me of 9-11. There must be so much fear for this many parents to come in and pick up their child early today. Well, I was busy back then, but I'd have the news on. And I'd hear in the background the latest story about Sandy Hook. And I just noticed how many times I heard the news person mention that the shooter had an autopsy and he weighed 112 pounds. And I just kept hearing that in news stories. And I thought, why do they keep reporting that the shooter at Sandy Hook is 112 pounds? And all I knew about that number at the time is that 112 is the alt dialing code for 911. And the majority of the world does use 112 for their alt dialing code. But I thought, okay, so they're using an emergency number again, and people are fearful and panicked. But it bothered me. It made me think there must be something else to 112. And it was around that same time that I finally got the answer I was looking for. I was just doing a web search looking for the meaning of numbers again. And a passage came up from the book by Manly P. Hall, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. And it was a passage from the book about gematria. And he introduces two ciphers, the alphabetic order A is 1 up to Z is 26, and the alphabetic order with the rules of numerology, which is still A is 1 up to Z is 26, but you just make all the letters that are a double-digit number into a single digit. So like Z, the 26th letter would become 2 plus 6 is 8. Y, the 25th letter would be 2 plus 5 is 7. X, the 24th letter would be 2 plus 4 is 6, which means XXX is 666. And of course, there's that verse from Revelation 13, 18 about here is wisdom, how to calculate the number of the beast, the number of a man, which is 666. But I found that knowledge and I decided to just try it out right there with Sandy Hook. 
and I wrote out Sandy Hook and I had to check about 15 times to make sure I had the right letter for each number. And I was like, okay, S is 19, A is one, that's easy, N's 14, D's four. So I add up Sandy Hook and lo and behold, it equals 112. And I say, wow, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he weighs 112 pounds and the news world wants you to know that this shooter weighed 112 pounds, which to me just seemed ridiculous because they said he was around six feet tall. I mean, six feet tall, 112 pounds. I mean, you're almost a skeleton. And they said he was lugging around all these weapons. So I'm thinking, wow, I mean, he must have been, <laughs> I don't even know what he was on as a 112-pound male to be tugging around all the ammunition and weaponry that they said he had in some of the news reports. Right. But anyway, right away, Sandy Hook 112. And I said, that's interesting. And then I looked some more into Adam Lanza. And I noticed his initials, A-L. I was like, okay, A's the first letter, L's the 12th letter. 112, 112 pounds, Sandy Hook 112. And then I looked more and I said, look at that. His birthday's April 22nd, was the media rights. Adam Lanz's birthday's April 22nd. Well, lo and behold, that's the 112th day of the year. So I said, okay, there's something to this. It's a number pattern again. So I went back and I looked at September 11th. And I wrote out, well, I wrote out a number of things. I wrote out World Trade Center. I saw it equal to 77. I said, hmm, 77, like the Flight 77 ritual at the Pentagon. I ended up writing out September 11th as words spelled out. Writing out September, writing out 11th is a word, E-L-E-V-E-N-T-H. If you write out September 11th, it equals 77. I said, look at that, <laughs> 77, what are the odds? And from there, I just started to go back and look at all sorts of things throughout history. And I just kept finding these really redundant, undeniable patterns. And what was funny is when I was doing my early days of this research, I was just posting on Facebook where my friends and family could see and out of the 200 and some friends I had at the time, only two thought it was interesting. And I got so many calls from people I hadn't really talked to in a minute who were just my Facebook friends who were worried about me. They're like, oh, my God, Zach, are you going crazy? I saw what you posted. <laughs> and I was like, you really think that's that? Because I'd write out something like that. I was like, do you think this is a coincidence? You know, flight 77, all this. Plus, when you write out September 11th, it's 77. And there were two people who thought it was really interesting. But I'm telling you. At least 30 people got in contact with me real fast that thought I had absolutely lost my mind. And I was like, wow, that is disappointing that so many people are having this adverse of a reaction when these people know me as being an intelligent person and a helpful person and a colleague and a classmate. I thought, wow, again, it just reminds me because I hadn't really talked about this stuff out loud publicly since the early days of 9-11 for the most part. But it reminded me of how back then for questioning the event, people treated me like I was crazy. I was like, here we go. Same thing. Right. Isn't that funny? Ignore the data and question the mental health of the person who's pointing these things out to you. Convenient. And so I'm sure the main criticisms you hear are that it's all just coincidence or that you're using selective data. Well, to counter that, let me ask you about the history of Gematria before we get too deep into specific situations. How can we make the case that this is a practice that the capstone cabal would value and has valued in the past? Of course, saying that Manly P. Hall wrote about it is a good start. But what else can be said about the value of this art form to the people at the top? Indeed, indeed. And that's the perfect and most appropriate question. Like I said, you're a great interviewer. I've seen you many times before. So exactly. Uh, too kind. Why would they be doing this? What would be the purpose of encoding things this way? Again, it goes back to Kabbalah. There's a text in Kabbalah called the Book of Formation, or also known as the Sefer Yetzirah. And if you open that book, you don't have to read far. It's the first paragraph of the book. God created the world with numbers, letters, and words. 
And what's interesting about that is in Hebrew, the four-letter name of God, the Tetragrammaton, using the Hebrew letters, which are also known as numbers, a 22-letter alphabet where every letter is a number, the four-letter name of God has a gematria value of 26. In English, God is G-O-D, 7 plus 15 plus 4, just using the alphabetic order. G is the seventh letter, O is the 15th, D is the fourth, you add it up, 26. Now, again, in Manly P. Hall's The Secret Teachings of All Ages, he introduces two ciphers. And the other cipher is the alphabetic order with the rules of numerology. If you write out letter, and again, we have a 26-letter alphabet in English. If you write out letter using this cipher, which is considered the most pure cipher, L, the 12th letter. 12 becomes 1 plus 2 is 3. So L is 3. E is the fifth letter, so E is 5. T is the 20th letter. The numerology of 20 is 2 plus 0 is 2. So T is 2. T is 2. E is 5. R, the 18th letter, becomes 1 plus 8 is 9. So if you add up those values, L plus E plus T plus T plus E plus R, it's 26. Just like God is 26 using the alphabetic order, 26-letter alphabet, this Kabbalistic belief that God created the world with numbers, letters, and words. And there's a lot more to say about that. The first chapter of my first book really gets into the greater significance of 26. So that's where the reasoning becomes. It's related to God. Mm -hmm. And what I maintain is certain people have acquired this knowledge, and they're using it to essentially play God. And what might sound silly if you're new to this is these beliefs might sound ridiculous and absurd and, and illogical. But if you really start to study this knowledge, you start to see that there's an organic matrix of patterns. So there actually very well could indeed be something to this belief system and why something such as the New World Order or the Cabal or the Illuminati or whatever you want to refer to it as, a reason that they do seemingly use this knowledge every single day to encode their headlines day after day, to rig their elections, to rig their sports games. So that there's a method and a reasoning behind what seems to be a mad practice. It is very wild. And when it comes to the development of the system and all this, I wanted to drop this quote from the book where you say, we will come to better understand with more examples, the English language and the Gregorian calendar are perfectly in tune with one another. If you are new to this work, this is something I have been proving daily, no exaggerating, for seven years straight every single day. And it is something you will be able to prove daily for the rest of your days so long as the cabal remains in power. Well, I do love that. And it seems like you're saying that the cabal, having had prior knowledge of Gematria from other languages, the English language and the Gregorian calendar were crafted from the ground up to make the coding a little bit easier for them? Sure. Wow. And to build on the point you just made, here's my theory. In the 16th century, the Jesuits were created in Paris, France, August 15, 1534. And then a little more than six years later, they were officially recognized by Rome, September 27, 1540. And they've worked on behalf of the Catholic Church since that time and the Pope. And if you look into the 16th century, shortly after that time, some decades later, near the end of the 16th century, English was officially standardized as a 26-letter alphabet, and the Gregorian calendar was given to us by the Catholic Church. With regards to examples of how this knowledge comes together day after day, 
in connection with the calendar. There's two deaths in the headlines today. Both of these are older entertainers who passed at age 78, reportedly yesterday, Tuesday. That was Mac Davis and Helen Reddy. And yesterday had 78 date numerology. It's a very relevant number to the Jesuit order. A few weeks back, you had the death of the Georgetown coach, John Thompson, at age 78 on a Sunday on a date with 78 numerology and Jesuit equals 78 and Sunday equals 78. But earlier this year, you had the death of Adolfo Nicholas, who was the former superior general of the Jesuits. He died May 20th, 2020, the day leaving 225 days left in the year. And his name in Gematria Adolfo Nicholas equals 225. His passing is not unique to many other popes and superior generals. These ritualistic type of passings within the Jesuits and the Catholic Church seem very common. Also in the world of celebrity and entertainment and politics as well. But again, when you have this knowledge and you just pay attention to the events that unfold day after day, you see the repetitive use of certain numbers. Case in point, if you watched the debate last night, you heard Donald Trump reference the number 47 twice. He said, what have you done in the last 47 years, Joe? And I think he answered his own question with nothing. And then later in the debate, he said, in the last 47 months, I've done more than you've done in the last 47 years. And I have a license plate that's often in the background of my videos that says, what is 47? Because I always just get people to zero in on this one number. If you pay attention to 47, you'll see how it is overused in not only news stories, I mean, if, if you scan the news, there'd probably be several references to 47 every single day, just in the top stories. The way it's used in entertainment, politics, movies, placed in the background, 47 is such a symbolic number. And in Gematria, all of these things sum to 47. Also, just before we go any further, I want people to understand there's a base system of ciphers is what I maintain. They're the two ciphers we've already introduced that I read about in Manly P. Hall's book, The Alphabetic Order and The Alphabetic Order of the Rules of Numerology. The other two ciphers are just flipping the alphabetic order in verse, making Z1 counting back to A is 26 and that same cipher with the Rules of Numerology. But using these base systems, all of these things sum to 47. Governments authority, president, White House, Republican, Democrat, the letters DC are 47. The cornerstone for Washington DC was laid September 18th, 1793. You just had Ruth Bader Ginsburg die on that day this year. The CIA was established on that day in history, which we can get into. But September 18th, 1793, which was a date with 47 numerology, and the word foundation equals 47. And the Masons have something called the 47th problem of Euclid, which is about how to establish a square foundation for a structure using rope, poles, mathematics. The way the ancients built perfectly square foundations is what it's all about. And the word foundation itself is 47, just like how this nation's birthday is written by the majority of the world, four slash seven, like 47. To flip it around the other way, our nation's birthday is 74, holiday 74, Independence Day 74, Masonic 74, Occult 74, English 74, Gematria 74. The first chapter of my new book is really mostly focused on the numbers 74 and 47. But Donald Trump 
you know, referencing the 47, and he hasn't even been in office for 47 months yet, so it's kind of funny that he said in 47 months I've done more than you've done in 47 years. But if you go back to the night that he beat Hillary Clinton and what I maintain was the rigged selection, he was sitting in the 47-story Midtown Hilton Hotel. And again, the name Trump equals 47. On April 7th, a few years ago, his hotel burned on 4-7 of all days. And then last night with the 47 references, if you pay attention to stories pertaining to the nation's capital, 47 just comes up so much in the stats. I mean, every time I turn on one of these news agencies and they're showing me the current polling stats, I'm just laughing because it's like, are people noticing how often they go from a stat of 47% of people say this to 74% think this? It's just, I can't stand to turn on the TV without you know, just documenting these things. And I just have to turn it off before I'm making too many notes about what they just did in the latest 10-minute segment of Anderson Cooper's 360. It's just <laughs> the same stuff night after night once you learn to recognize these numbers. Because I think most people, their eyes aren't registering the repetitive use of the numbers because they've never just taken the one time to think about it. But that one time the thought gets in your mind, you start to realize there's something going on. Case in point, this number 47 with regards to foundation the word time itself equals 47. Again, Trump's quote was, I've done more in 47 months time than you've done in 47 years, a much bigger period of time. And you look at the tropics of this earth, the way they're laid out, and realize somebody chose to lay them out this way. The tropics of this earth are 47 degrees apart. Again, this number so symbolic. It relates to time. It relates to authority. You think about authority. Before there was government, there was religion. The predominant religion in this nation is Christianity. The word Christian is 47. The name John's 47. Of course, John the Baptist. But again, there is a reason to the numbers that they choose and use and use repetitively. And another thing for people to think about is just the word spell itself, how we use that word spell to create words and also in terms of magic. And something I thought personally after the days of 9-11 was I felt that I was living in some sort of Disney cartoon where everyone was seemingly under some sort of evil spell that didn't allow them to see the plain and honest truth. And that was that 9-11 was a big lie. So anyway, I've been- <laughs> Yes, yeah. man. You're killing it. We are definitely deep in it now. And I'm just crossing little things off of my outline here because these are the examples that I also think are most potent, the ones you're laying out. Funny enough, Bill Gates breaks down to 33 and Melinda Gates breaks down to 47. And the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is 74. So again, that's kind of what your book is titled from 9-11 to coronavirus and I guess we talked about the 9-11 side of things. What are you seeing on the coronavirus side of things with the codes? Sure. There's a lot to say here, obviously. We'll tie 9-11 and the coronavirus together, how these are interrelated rituals that are about building this police surveillance state and using something that is scary, like a terrorist or a deadly disease, to essentially lead us down the path of giving away our rights and walking into this surveillance state. But... Where to begin? Okay, how about with this example? You know, want to know what's funny is this weekend I went to Spokane, Washington to educate about my theory with the Jesuits and what's going on in the world. And there's a lot of things we still need to get into. But I was talking to Jesuit students themselves about this, and a lot of them found it really interesting. But we also decided to go to a Trump rally that was very close by 
And I laughed when I saw where the Trump rally was because it was on Division Street. And I thought, how perfect for a Trump rally to be on Division Street when you have this really divisive personality. And last <laughs> night's debate was all about that. And for people who don't know, I did upload a video in February of 2016. It's probably still the weirdest video I've ever uploaded to date. But I explained why Trump would become the Republican nominee and the president of the United States because he was this divisive person, polarizing, which is exactly what the powers that shouldn't be who control our government and media want from us. They want us divided so we can fall. United we stand, we divided we fall. Trump's the perfect personality. And what was so weird about that video, it was the only time I ever made a video, and I've made a lot of videos. It was the only time the light in the room ever turned on on its own. It was like a light bulb was going off as I was explaining why Trump would be this super divisive person. Well, I just got to see it firsthand in Spokane, Washington, little town on the eastern side of the state near the Idaho border. But this Trump rally on Division Street, I was talking to people the whole time, and in hindsight, my greatest regret is that I didn't just take 10 minutes to stand back and just record what was going on, because it was literally every other car. One car would drive by and honk their horn and thumbs up in support of the people having this Trump rally there along the street in this parking lot. And then the next person would drive by with the window down, screaming, F you, both middle fingers out. And it was just like, look at how divisive this is, the division on division. <laughs> Okay, now with that in mind, what I was asking the people at this Trump rally was, I just had a strategic set of questions that I just wanted to ask the people. And I found that a lot of them had very, very short attention spans. Like literally, I could not even get through one sentence before their head was like already somewhere. Or like, wait a minute, are you going to tell me you like Biden? It's just like, how about listen to what I'm saying before you automatically go to your only, you know, so many people in America are that way. They just see Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative. It's just... They don't even think of that there's a third or a fourth or fifth or maybe infinite other choices out there. But anyway, what I was trying to explain to and I was able to get to some of them, some of them had some listening skills. But I asked them, I said, what do you think about the odds of this? And this is all factual for people that anyone doesn't know. Donald Trump signed his trade deal with China on January 15th. And on January 21st, he went to the World Economic Forum in Switzerland to gloat about it. Now, what's funny about that is January 15th, according to the official story, is when coronavirus first arrived in the U.S. from mainland China, and then it was confirmed that that was the case on January 21st. And this happened in Seattle, Washington, where the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is. By the way, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is on the 47th parallel north, directly across the street from the 74-acre Seattle Center. 4774 that has the space needle, the world's biggest needle. And now you have Mr. Vaccine across the street that wiped out a nice downtown park to build his foundation there. I used to live right on that corner and right away from the beginning, I was like, I don't like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They just came in and wiped out our park. Come on. <laughs> anyway, January 15th, January 21st, coronavirus, official story, Donald Trump trade deal with China, the same guy who calls it the Chinese virus. And we're talking about world trade, the World Economic Forum. Now, where this gets really interesting is if you measure from Trump's birthday, June 14th, to the day that he was at the World Economic Forum in Switzerland, it was exactly his 222nd day of his age, 222. And in Gematria, if you write out Wuhan coronavirus, it's 222. And if you write out World Economic Forum, it's 222. And if you write out order out of chaos, it's 222. And if you write out New York, New York, it's 222. And New York, New York is where the Twin Towers fell exactly 222 months 
before the pandemic was declared on March 11th, 2020. And don't forget March 11th, 2002 was also the day in history that they put up the tribute in light, the massive purple beams to remember the World Trade Centers that fell, the 11th, the master number 11, New York, the 11th state, numerology, master plans, master numbers. But anyway, exactly 222 months from 9-11 to coronavirus pandemic. And the parallel between these two things is so clear. Surveillance and the loss of rights and liberties. We've had the government tell us that they're doing this contact tracing. The big cell phone providers are using our phones to track our location, data, where we're going, what times. And I made this point after 9-11. I said, look at what they just gave us right before 9-11. They all gave us these cell phones. Almost everyone has a cell phone now. And now they're passing these new laws that say they have the right to listen to our phone calls if they think we're a terrorist, collect our emails, our text messages, our library records. So it's like, how convenient. All of a sudden, we all have these new devices. Before long, they had GPS in them and everything else. But we've now given the government the right to keep surveillance over us through our phones if they think we're a terrorist. And in recent times, we've seen the FBI files where they're considering people such as myself a terrorist. There was the article out of the, it was like the Phoenix branch of the FBI. Was it two years ago about how they considered people online putting out what they consider misinformation? They could be considered terrorist threats. So, again, people have to think about how the government controls the definitions, the terms, the laws, the punishments, the rules, and how they can just shape them with time. What was a terrorist after 9-11, a person of a darker complexion with an accent from the Middle East who might be on your plane or on your bus or wherever you are, you know, that was the picture they were trying to paint after 9-11. In more recent years, the definition's broadening to, oh, people who speak out against conspiracies online and put out what could be considered dangerous information to national intelligence. So we opened up the door with 9-11, giving away our rights and liberties for safety, and we're doing the same thing right now. And then, again, we began earlier this interview with 1968. If you look up the history of 1968, the same year 911 was made the National Emergency Dialing Code, the same year World Trade Center construction began. That was the same year coronavirus was coined in 68. Wow. And something that blew my mind is from 68 to 2020 is 52 years later and technology equals 52 and prophecies 52. And I maintain that they are fulfilling biblical prophecy by contriving it and making people believe that these are the signs they were told about in the end of the Bible. And I encourage people to think about who really gave us the Bible. A lot of Christians contend that the King James version's the truest version. It's like, well, think more about that. If the truest version's from a king who wrote like Shakespeare, you should already know something's wrong. But in addition to that, kings are here to control people, just like churches and religions and governments. It's not to say that there's not truth in the scripture, but it is to say, have some things been edited to be maybe misleading, to make people bow down to authority more than they should, to turn the cheek maybe too many times? Anyway, it's 52 <laughs> years later, and technology's 52, and prophecy's 52. And remember what movie came out in 1968? 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is a movie about technology overtaking man. And don't forget that just before this virus that's blamed on China happened, you had this candidate on TV a lot, you know, making his way on late night programming, being a regular guest on the news who seemingly came out of nowhere, Andrew Yang of Chinese descent 
who was telling us that in the very near future, we were going to be phased out because of all the technological advancements. A lot of people were going to lose their job. I think his numbers were, I think he said 42% of people could be phased out. His campaign was math. Math equals 42. And he dropped out on the 42nd day of the year. But he said that a lot of people would be phased out in the near future. And for the government to have some use for these people, they were going to need to be sent essentially a monthly stipend in the neighborhood of $1,000 a month so that they could pay the bills and be functioning members of society. And then shortly after all that, this whole radical idea that got a lot of publicity, what happens? This thing happens. And now the big tech companies are taking over. A lot of people are out of work. Everybody who's of working age gets a $1,200 check. Again, it's all being done by the numbers. Uh, that's the thing. So to connect the two events, these are how the agendas are related, and this is how they're being orchestrated by the numbers, plus a few other things. Unbelievable, man. It's just so insane. And yes, thematically, 9-11 and COVID-19, they definitely serve the same agenda, and it's pretty easy to see the level change there, but you add in the numbers, and it is just insane. And this is another one I copied down from your book, but it relates because we just did a show with Michael Wan and broke down Boris Johnson's role in the big ritual. There's a lot of weird stuff there. But then I wanted to read this paragraph from you where you say, Boris Johnson ended up in the ICU, an acronym summing to 33 with simple English from coronavirus on April 6th, 2020. 74 days before his 56th birthday, and the media tracked every last detail of his status in the ICU on April 7th, a date that is written 7-4 in the UK, which ties in with how it was reported that the Global Vaccine Summit hosted in London on June 3rd and 4th raised at least $7.4 billion, and that £330 million of that sum was pledged by the UK itself. It also ties in with how Vera Lynn died on June 18th, 2020, 74 days after Queen Elizabeth referenced her song, We'll Meet Again, in a rare address to the world on the subject of the coronavirus pandemic. And damn, there it is again, that 74 in sync with 33. There's a lot of stuff there, a lot of layers to it. But you said earlier that this would be largely a, a Jesuit operation. And we've had guests of all kinds, peg the capstone cabal to all kinds of different groups. Let me ask you, how many big players on the world stage today are Jesuits or graduated from Jesuit universities? Because there are quite a lot, right? Indeed. So if I had to say you could choose one face for coronavirus that would represent the thing, that might be tough, but who would be the one face you would choose? Mm, it's close between Fauci and Gates, but probably Fauci. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's what almost everyone would say. But the first name that came out of your mouth is who I would say to Fauci. And Anthony Fauci went to Holy Cross. He's Jesuit educated. He said on January 10th, 2017, 10 days before Trump officially took office, he said that there would be a surprise outbreak and pandemic under Trump at a conference at Georgetown on pandemic preparedness. Of course, Georgetown is the nation's first Jesuit university. And the thing about the day the pandemic was declared, March 11, 2020, that was Anthony Fauci's 79th day of being 79 years old. And that's very interesting because society of Jesus equals 79 and the true name of Jesus, Yeshua, equals 79. So on his 79th day of being 79 years old, the pandemic's declared. And again, the Jesuits, the official name is the Society of Jesus. 
So you got to say, wow, what an amazing coincidence. Then to look even further back, he's been the head at NIH since 1984, that infamous year because of Orwell. And the word Jesuit, in just the most simple cipher, the alphabetic order, Jesuit is 84. Earlier this year, their superior general died at age 84. His title, superior general, in the most pure cipher, the alphabetic order with the rules of numerology, is 84. And again, he died on the day, leaving 225 days left in the year, and Adolfo Nicholas is 225. So 84, a very special number to the Jesuits. And, you know, earlier we talked about how Jesuit equals 78. That's what the reverse alphabetic order, 78 and 84. Again, go back and look at the recent death of John Thompson at Georgetown, who died at age 78 on a Sunday. Sunday equals 84 and 78, the same way Jesuit equals 84 and 78. But he died on a Sunday on a 78-date numerology at age 78. And in history, he was the first black coach to win a college championship, and he did it in 1984. So these patterns are so familiar with the Jesuits. Wuhan coronavirus equals 78, like Jesuit. And earlier I said it was Anthony Fauci's 79th day of being 79 years old. Another way to say it is the day the pandemic was declared on March 11th was just 78 days after his birthday. So you have your 78 and your 79 covered, which are both numbers with the big Jesuits. And again, Jesuit 78, Wuhan coronavirus 78. The phrase order out of chaos is also 78. And that's a Jesuit and Masonic concept, order out of chaos. Sun Tzu's Art of War translated by a Jesuit. <laughs> but anyway, you were asking me some of the other Jesuit players. Right now, Bill Gates is very busy building Jesuit high schools throughout the nation, especially in the Chicago area. And there's something more to say about that. But Bill Gates, his full name, William Henry Gates equals 201. The Jesuit order equals 201. Ignatius of Loyola equals 201. That's the founder of the Jesuits. Jorge Mario Bergoglio equals 201. That's the birth name of Pope Francis, the first publicly Jesuit pope. And he's the 266th pope. And Jesus Hominum Salvatore equals 266, the Jesuit motto. He's the first ever pope to live in Suite 201 at the Vatican, which is in the building, the Domus Sancte Marte. The name of that building, Domus Sancte Marte, equals 201, just like how he lives in Suite 201. And the history of the Jesuits is that they were saved by Catherine the Great after they were banned by the Pope in 1773, and she allowed 201 Jesuits to carry on with their work in the time of their banning by the Pope, who they were supposed to serve. So 201. The reason that matters is Event 201 was the coronavirus outbreak simulation October 18, 2019, the same day the military world games began in Wuhan, China. And Bill Gates was one of the main sponsors of Event 201, along with Johns Hopkins University, which is connected to Yale Skull and Bones, which is connected to the Bavarian Illuminati, which was established by the Jesuit Adam Weishaupt to change the name to Order of Illuminati, which equals 201. <laughs> but all these things are related. But Event 201 was co-hosted by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Johns Hopkins, the World Economic Forum, which was the point I meant to make earlier. The World Economic Forum was the main sponsor of Event 201, the coronavirus outbreak simulation. Again, we just talked about how Trump was at the World Economic Forum in Switzerland the day coronavirus was confirmed in the U.S. So I meant to tie that in earlier, but now we have, again, what are the odds of that? The main sponsor of the coronavirus outbreak simulation was the World Economic Forum, where Trump was the day the first case was confirmed outside of mainland China 
in Bill Gates's backyard in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> and look at how the big tech companies and the very Jesuit San Francisco and Seattle cities have been doing in the time of the pandemic. I call it the big tech takeover. But anyway, you got Bill Gates with the Jesuit connections. You got Fauci, who's the head of the CDC right now, Redfield, mm -hmm. who went to Georgetown. You got Gavin Newsom, who's Jesuit educated at Santa Clara. All these things equal 56 in Gematria. Coronavirus, Society of Jesus, Washington, D.C., Anthony Fauci, Gavin Newsom, Chris Cuomo, the brother of Andrew Cuomo. Chris Cuomo's on CNN, who supposedly had the virus, who was like CNN's story for two weeks to promote coronavirus, how Chris Cuomo had it, 56, just like coronavirus. And his brother's Jesuit educated. He went to Fordham. He's the 56th governor of New York right now. Donald Trump himself went to Fordham in 1964. That's when he started at Fordham, 64, 56 years before 2020. My favorite 56 word of all, though, is toilet paper. Toilet paper 56, the thing you can't find anymore now because of coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. The phrase mind control also equals 56. And you can't tell me the, the government and media don't have mind control over this populace. The toilet paper example is just so perfect. When the media came on and told me, when the New York Times, which is run by a Jesuit, came on, I think they broke the news that coronavirus could cause a toilet paper shortage. My reaction was to laugh. I was like, look how stupid that is. How could a supposed pandemic that attacks your lungs, why would that make people go out and buy up all the toilet paper? If it was like a diarrhea-causing pandemic, I could be like, okay, I see why everyone's buying up all the toilet paper. Just the things they do to people, just give them nonsensical information and expect them to comply. But anyway, you have Jesuits all over the place. Uh, pretty much all the, I mean, if I was going to ask you a third person after Fauci and Gates, you might have said Andrew Cuomo in New York because he's been on the news so much during the time of all this. I know that all the way over on the other side of the United States. I see way more of Andrew Cuomo than I see of our governor here in the time of coronavirus. But all these people are Jesuit educated. And then the other thing people need to remember about the Jesuits is they've been in Washington, D.C. longer than the federal government's been there. Georgetown and its presence is older than the feds. Washington, D.C. was once known as Rome on the Potomac. And you just start to look at the Supreme Court. Supreme Court is all Catholic. If it's not all Catholic, there are some Jews there. And that should remind you of the Jesuit history because their history is that they were established by Catholics and Jews who had recently converted to Catholicism. Those were the origins of the Catholic Church. And keep in mind the Catholic Church, because of the Crusades, had acquired all this occult, esoteric knowledge. They'd brought it back. They had it there. And the Jesuits were knowledgeable about esoteric information. It's very possible that when they came into the Vatican and became part of the network of the Catholic Church, it's possible that they brought in and connected dots that the Catholic Church wasn't able to up to that point in history. All the information was there. They bring in the right minds. Next thing you know, you got this language standardized at 26 letters that the church is pushing. The Bible's numbered. You got the Gregorian calendar, all this stuff getting synced up. So again, when you just look at the history of the church, its power, where it is, you know how we were just talking, by the way, we were just talking about 201 with the Jesuits. Mm -hmm. The CIA was established September 18, 1947. Officially, that was the 201st day of Pope Pius XII's age, the 201st day. And right now on Amazon, the streaming service that Amazon has, they put out that exclusive show about Jack Ryan based on the Tom Clancy series. Mm -hmm. I should say this first. 
the CIA logo, if you look it up, the words that are written on there are Central Intelligence Agency, United States of America. And it's around the bird and the flag and the star. Those words add up to 201. 201, the Jesuit Order 201, huge number with the Jesuits. The Jesuits consider themselves a military and intelligence order, a lot like the CIA. CIA doesn't so much consider itself a military order, but of course, they do have those capabilities as well. So the CIA and the Jesuits have a lot in common in terms of how they think of themselves. They have this 201 connection. I was going to make the point that the new Amazon show, the Jack Ryan series by Tom Clancy, they chose the actor from The Office. And what's funny is, if you look up The Office TV show, it ran exactly 201 episodes. And what makes that more interesting is it's located in Scranton, which has the Jesuit prep school. A lot of Jesuits, a lot of notable Jesuits come out of Scranton, including Joe Biden. Anyway, <laughs> they chose this actor who's one of the main actors from that show that ran 201 episodes that's from the Jesuit town to play this CIA character in the Jack Ryan series. And in the Tom Clancy book about Jack Ryan called Red Rabbit, there's a quote from the Jack Ryan character who went to Boston College or Jesuit school about how the Jesuits control the world. And with regards to that fictional character going to the real Jesuit school, Boston University, two weekends ago in the NFL, you had Matt Ryan who went to Boston, the Jesuit school in Boston, Boston College. It was his 201st career game. And you can watch this on my website right now, jamachioeffect.news, if you want to look it up. They made a point, the Fox News broadcast, to come up with this really obscure stat about how many passing yards Matt Ryan has, along with a couple other quarterbacks, and how if you added up all those yards together, it would be walking 201 laps around the Dallas Cowboys stadium where they were playing. And we were laughing because we'd already pointed out before the game was played why Dallas was going to win the game, which they did, and the significance of it being Matt Ryan's 201st game. So again, there are examples everywhere to show that there is a real significance to this 201, and it is used ritualistically. And if anybody wants to try otherwise, please first watch the clip that I have of what they just did two weekends ago in the NFL with Matt Ryan, who's Jesuit educated, and his humiliating lead that he gave up in the end of the game right after they put up the 201 stat on the screen. And by the way, Matt Ryan, the last time he got humiliated like that was in Super Bowl 51 against the New England Patriots, where they gave up the huge lead. And that was the only Super Bowl I'm aware of that was blessed by the Pope, Pope Francis, the first Jesuit Pope. That Super Bowl was on his 51st day of his age, Pope Francis. It was Super Bowl 51, hosted by the Houston Texans, which equals 51. But the word Rome equals 51, and federal equals 51. Conspiracies 51. Adam Weishaupt is 51. Adam Weishaupt established the Bavarian Illuminati as a Jesuit on May 1st, 5-1. When I think of conspiracy in federal, I think of Area 51, and some people maintain that the moon landing was filmed there, which supposedly happened on July 20th, 69, the 201st day of the year. So anyway, <laughs> I, I, know, I know I'm long-winded and I just talk forever, so I'm just going to be quiet and wait for the next brilliant question. Man, <laughs> yes, I can't believe you keep this so straight. And that is why I largely just stay out of your way when you're spitting these numbers. It's got to be confusing enough. And Sometimes that's what makes a good host is just knowing when to shut up. But I'm glad that your last couple examples there touched on sports because I wanted to get into that a little more before the second hour because this is a big part of your work 
And I don't really follow any professional sports at all, but I do love gambling. And I have some friends whose minds are really going to be blown by this. But talk to us about how this code applies to sports and really just some of the big money makers you've predicted before. Sure. <laughs> There's a lot of big money makers, that's for sure. But just to keep it relevant to right now about coronavirus and since the NBA season and the finals are starting today. so. The NBA season was suspended on March 11th of this year, which was the same day the pandemic was declared. And there's a lot of reasons that's interesting. The team that was blamed for the pandemic was the Utah Jazz. And Utah Jazz is the only team in the league with a full name that equals 113. Using our four base ciphers, there's only two teams in the whole league that have a connection to 113. One is the Utah Jazz, which equals 113 with the alphabetic order. And the other is Dallas. When you run the alphabetic order in reverse, Dallas is 113. The word Scottish is also 113. JFK killed in Dealey Plaza, named after the Scottish Rite Freemason, and then his body sent back to D.C. where the Scottish Rite is. But anyway, Utah Jazz 113, Dallas 113. So for anyone out there who thinks because there's four ciphers, you can turn any numbers into anything, there's 30 teams in the NBA. By the way, the National Basketball Association equals 113, which is the 30th prime number, so you have 30 teams. But the National Basketball Association was suspended on the date that can be written 11 slash 3, like 113, because of the Utah Jazz player Rudy Gobert. And there was a big riddle along the way when the Utah Jazz were still alive. 56 days after his birthday, we saw that the Utah Jazz, if they were going to win their game, they would be 5 and 6 in the NBA bubble, as they've called it this year. And we said, oh, that's a done deal. Rudy Gobert wins today. His team gets to 5 and 6. Not only did the Jazz win that game, but Rudy Gobert was the leading scorer, which is something he rarely ever does. But again, the reason we knew that was a done deal is because coronavirus equals 56, NBA bubble 56, number of the year. So the Utah Jazz becoming five and six in the bubble 56 days after Rudy Gobert's birthday. When you learn the code, you see how scripted things are and how they bring news and sports together year after year. So anyway, the season was suspended on 11 slash three. Not only does Utah Jazz equal 113 and the National Basketball Association 113, coronavirus pandemic equals 113. And it was declared on 11 slash three. Now, the season began on October 22nd, which means it was suspended on the 142nd day of the season. Huge number. If you write out coronavirus and run the alphabetic order in reverse, it's 142. And then when they came back and said they were going to resume the season, they planned to resume it 142 days later, which they did. And consider that NASCAR was suspended because of the coronavirus. They returned May 21st this year from their coronavirus suspension, which was the 142nd day of the year. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson put on a golf tournament to raise money for coronavirus. I can't remember what they named the tournament, but whatever the name was, was 142. And to understand how sports are scripted, when NASCAR returned on May 21st, if you write 521, that's a lot like 521, which is the 98th prime number. The number 98 car won that race, and the name of the track equaled 98. The driver's name equaled 98. And if you follow NASCAR, just days before he won that race, it was reported in the headlines that his child had just died. And you'll notice a lot of funny things like that in sports, too, with suspicious deaths, awkward timing, all of a sudden a big career accomplishment, almost like you made a sacrifice to climb the ladder. And realizing sacrificing your child is a biblical concept, we're maintaining that it is the Jesuits who are behind all these things, using this biblical spiritual knowledge to control the modern world. 
you know, knowledge that most people consider ancient and outdated. And, oh, that's the kind of stuff they believed in before we had school and science. And it's not to say that science and all these things are great, but there's so many people who think in absolutes and they think all the modern teaching is what's real and everything from the past going back to Babylon is false. And by the way, Babylon's another 26, like God and letter. This knowledge supposedly goes back to Babylon. So anyhow, <laughs> help, help me out. I, I got a little bit off track. What question was I in the middle of answering? Oh, all good. Really the sports predictions and how some of your Patreon followers actually do use this to make their bets. And some have been quite successful. Oh yeah. There's quite a few people in the world who are using this knowledge to help them with their winnings. And it absolutely helps. Case in point, the NBA finals are getting underway right now. We said the day that LeBron signed with the Lakers, which was July 1st, 2018. My prediction was he'll have a bad first season. They'll get some players and they'll be in the finals on the way to the Lakers 17th championship and LeBron's 17th season. And again, he signed with the Lakers on one slash seven, July 1st. NBA. N's the 14th letter, B's the second, A's the first. 14 plus 2 plus 1 is 17. The Celtics lead the NBA with 17 championships. And by the way, we were just talking about the NBA and the number 113. Boston's area code is the 113th prime number. So they lead the NBA in championships with 17. The Lakers can tie them this year, winning their 17th in LeBron's 17th total season. And the finals begin today on a date with 59 numerology, the 17th prime. These playoffs began with a ritual paying tribute to 17. The Lakers lost their very first playoff game and the Bucks lost their very first playoff game. And that made it the first time the two one seeds in the respective conferences had lost their first games in 17 years. And you just follow, you see that there's numbers that are what the season's about. And you see how throughout the season, different teams pay tribute to that number because it's all part of like one big theatrical script. So the other thing about LeBron this year is he's 35 years old in addition to it being his 17th season. And they call him King James. And the real King James became a Freemason at age 35. And the name King James equals 35 in the most pure cipher. So we saw that when he signed on 1-7, that his 17th season would no doubt be a winner, and especially at the age of 35. The last time LeBron won the finals was on June 19th, June 19th, which is the real King James's birthday. And that year we helped a lot of people win a lot of money because people got odds between about 30-something to one and 50 to one, depending on what betting site they used. But we told people when the Cavs were down three to one that year, not to even flinch. I told people before the season began why it'd be a rematch of Warriors and Cavs, but why the Cavs would win the second rematch in tribute to Nate Thurman, which we can get into in a minute. And I said he will win it on the real King James's birthday, which Game 7 is scheduled for. So when the Cavs were down 3-1, to one, everyone thought I was wrong. And I said, well, if you think I'm wrong, I mean, put down a few dollars right now on them and see if we're wrong by the end, because a few dollars will pay a lot of dollars. You could literally bet $2 on a lot of sites and get a $100 payout. Hey, that's worth it, a $2 risk. <laughs> and... A lot of people did do that, and a lot of people bet a lot more on that. But sure enough, LeBron came back, and he won on the real King James's birthday. And not only did he do that, but the Warriors lost with 89 points. And with the alphabetic order, the most simple cipher, King James equals 89, religion's 89, the gospel, the story of Jesus is 89 chapters. 89 is the 11th Fibonacci number. Jesus equals 11, the master number. But 89 points. 
and again on the real King James's birthday, and then that date, June nineteenth, six one nine. That's a lot like six hundred and nineteen, the hundred and fourteenth prime number. LeBron James with the alphabetic order is one one four, another big number with his career. But they call him King James, and a lot of people don't realize that in history, King James had a son, and he was King Charles. And the people who fought for King Charles in the English Civil War were called Cavaliers. So you got King James on the Cavs, and most people not even making the historical connection. That's why they do these rituals with the real King James and LeBron. Again, this goes on in all of sports. A year that it was just Lock City from spring training. The Cubs to win the 112th World Series in Game 7 on 11-2 was a done deal before the season even began. The phrase Major League with the alphabetic order equals 108. There's 108 double stitches on a baseball. If you write out geometry, it's 108. If you write out mathematics, it's 112. Like 1 plus 1 is 2. The Cubs ended the 108-year drought in the 112th World Series on 11-2, beating Cleveland, who was the team in the movie Major League, and Cleveland's the 216 area code. And again, there's 108 double stitches on a baseball, which means there's 216 stitches. So riddles. The other year when Donald Trump took on the protesters in the NFL of the flag and national anthem, he did it on September 23rd, 23-9, like 239, the 52nd prime. That was the year of Super Bowl 52. We already knew from the riddles before the season began that the Patriots would be in that Super Bowl. We were looking for the NFC team, and we had it that day. I said, look at that. 23-9, he takes on the protesters of the flag. Colin Kaepernick just took the knee the other year on the 239th day of the year to start this. The flag sewing in Philadelphia at 239 Arch Street. I said, that's your Super Bowl. Patriots, Eagles. It's all about the flag. The Patriots with the flag on the helmet. The Eagles, the home of the flag. And um, that's exactly what the Super Bowl was. And we also said watch for Philadelphia to start that season 10-1 and because Philadelphia equals 101. 101 is the 26th prime and flag equals 26. And Philadelphia did start 10-1 and that year. And one of the games they had to win to make it happen paid 6.5 to 1. So that meant if you bet $100 on that game, it paid you 650. And that's the advantage of this knowledge. When you understand the riddles they're laying down, you can often see what the outcome of the next game is, whether it be in a sports series or a head-to-head -head matchup. And again, you'll see not only that, and it's not, again, I hate to make it about making money, but a lot of people do. What I really want people to see is just how scripted the whole show is, from the politics to the headlines to the sports games. And really, people should know this. 9-11 Patriot Act, Patriots, Tom Brady with a middle-aged dad's body who runs 40 times slower than most non-athletes. I mean, it's just such a joke what pro sports are. All of it's a joke. The politics, the news. I mean, people should be able to see through all of it. We haven't talked about this. I mean, we might agree here. I, I really do think the reason most people don't see the obvious is because we live in a society where we are truly purposefully dumbed down from the way we're treated in school, which takes away our critical thinking and, and makes us want to conform and just follow instructions and not think for ourselves. From what they do to us in school to what they do to us with the diet, we all eat this toxic diet because most of us are on incomes and we try to buy what's cheap and plentiful. And the government makes the foods cheap and plentiful that are toxic and full of crap that we don't need. So people are getting pushed down because of the school system. They're eating the toxic diet. They're listening to the propaganda all day and all the other poisons that they put 
from the air to the water to everything else. So there's a reason that so many people are subdued. But again, the things that I'm trying to show at Gematria, I feel like people should already be able to see them without. But for the person out there who's trying to take, um, trying to awake other people, this knowledge does have the power to awaken some people. There's some people that don't even have the attention span to listen to it. But the thing about this knowledge is it's evidence-based. And people who learn it and take the time to learn it can verify the same repetitive patterns and how they take place again and again with the same systematic numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I do agree with you. It's a vicious cycle, a feedback loop, and uh, maybe the numbers kind of contribute to the mass hypnosis that's going on out there. But it's just mind blowing. Like you can even make professional sports interesting to me. And that is not an easy task. I know we are getting close to the end of the line here, but in the interest of trying to tie this stuff all together and thinking big picture, what advice do you have for the spinning heads out there? Is there any way we can use this information? Is any part of it a natural phenomenon kind of thing? Or can we code our own lives for higher levels of manifestation or anything like that? Have you ever tried? Okay. What I encourage people to do is look into this knowledge. Here's who I think really needs this knowledge. If you're already awake, you see what's going on. You see that the games are rigged, that the elections are rigged, that the media is all propagandist. You can use this knowledge to further prove your points with something that I would say is tangible evidence. When you understand these codes and you see how redundant they are, you can really explain to people what's going on. So that's a way to use it. Another way to use it, if you're someone who's on the fence and you're kind of still into sports and elections, or maybe you're into Q. By the way, QAnon's another 201. They get their symbolism from Anonymous, which gets its symbolism from the Jesuits. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the day leaving 56 days left in the air. But anyway, if you're somebody who's still kind of plugged into the Matrix, you can use this knowledge to help untie you from the Matrix of misinformation. And to me, those are my favorite comments to read. Zach, I used to spend all Sunday watching the games. Now I'm finally spending time with my daughter. I can't believe I wasted all this time with these rigged games. That's really what I like to see. That's what's been bothering me since 9-11, that everyone's just so glued into the mainstream and the sports games and all this stuff that just looks like nothing but crap to me. I'm trying to get the world to see things the way I see it so that we can not only just see it, but then we can say, OK, now we need to do something about this. Now that you see the problem and how it operates and who's responsible, now we can do something about it and hold the right people accountable. These are the ways I would use the knowledge. I, and I could say a lot more about that, but ultimately I want people to take down what I refer to as a terrorist organization, our federal government, and end the tyranny. Thomas Jefferson said we need a revolution every 19 years. By my count, we're several hundred years behind. I guess you could kind of say the Civil War was a revolution, but that's another topic for another time. The Jesuits are all over that thing too, but we're overdue for a revolution. That's the point. And we need one. We're ruled over by the worst of people right now. They mock us every day. They, it's just terrible. So that's what it is. And with regards to your other question about is there an organic side of this? Can we use this for our own lives? When I was first beginning to understand why people would be coding things with numbers and doing things in accordance with dates, it all just seemed so ridiculous to me. And I had to do some reading and researching and find the significance and understanding. But I was in a, I can't remember if it was a border or a Barnes Noble, but it was in a mall in one of the Seattle areas. I was out with Sweet Lady that day. Wherever she wanted to shop, I'd always go park it in a bookstore. And sadly, a lot of those don't even exist anymore. But I was just going through the numerology section and I found this book and I can't even remember the author or the name of the book. It was one of them that was in there, but in the back of the book, he had the Pythagorean Gematria cipher. 
And he said, if you learn to decode your date numerology in your name and the numbers that are associated with your birthday and your name, you'll see that you'll probably have all these amazing synchronicities with people in your life. So I read that and I was a major skeptic and I was like, ah, I wonder if it's true. And so I went home that night and I thought, if I should be connected to anybody, it's got to be my mom and my dad. So let me just start right there. So back then I did everything in pen and paper. I, I wrote it out and I'd always do it two, three, four times to make sure everything was correct. You know, double check your math, just like when you learn in school. But I wrote out my dad's full name. I wrote out my full name. I wrote out my mom's full name. And I noticed right away, I said, my dad's full name, how strange. Again, we're just using the one pure cipher. The same cipher that I would say is the most pure cipher too, the one that's in this book. But my dad's full name equal 89. My full name equal to 89. So I was like, look at that, like father, like son, 89. And my mom's name equaled 62. Now, what the author would tell you in that book is also to take the numerology. So 89 in numerology is 8 plus 9 is 17. 17 is 1 plus 7 is 8. So 89 breaks down to 8. My mom's name 62 is 6 plus 2 is 8. So we break down to the same single digit. But what I noticed about the 89s once my mom's name didn't compute, and I said, but my mom's birthday is 8 slash 9. I was like, that's weird. So her birthday fits in with the numbers we got. What else is weird is... I remembered it was around that time that my dad always thought the coolest thing about my birthday is that the news for that day was that the coldest day in history ever was recorded. So I went back and I wanted to look up that temperature just to see what it was. And it, in fact, it's still the coldest day ever recorded. If you type into Google or not to take Google as the authority, but if you look it up, the coldest day recorded in history is July 21st, 1983. And that happens to be the exact day I was born. But the record temperature was negative 89 Celsius. So I was like, how weird. The numbers that connect us is what the record temperature was that day. Wow. So that blew my mind. But there's a lot more to it than just that. Like my dad was born on a date with 94 numerology. He was born April 18th. 1953. So he has 94 numerology. And for people out there are like, wait, numerology is one digit? Jewish numerology, you count the full digit before you break it down. So it's technically Jewish numerology, but my dad's name equals 94. And if you write out my name, the way most people call me my whole life, Zach Hubbard, with the alphabetic order, it's 94. I was born 94 days after my dad's birthday. And Zach Hubbard, the small way is 49. And I was born 49 days before my mom's birthday. But yeah, there's absolutely an organic side to this as well. And again, once I realized that, I was like, okay, so somehow, some way, this is operating this way within the world. So the way I look at it is, again, the Kabbalistic belief is that God created the world with numbers, letters, and words. I think if you're aware of this knowledge and you have the mass, again, just another thing out there, hermeticism. Hermeticism says that everything has a vibration. And the vibrations that are in everything, every color, every shape, every sound, every letter, every number, if you know how to understand the vibrations that those things carry, you can use them to have influence over people. And one of the concepts in Hermeticism is you're either one of two types of things. You're either the person who's like in control and having your influence over others, or you're the person being controlled under the influence of someone else. And I think a lot of people should think about that because I know definitely what's going on in this world. Almost everybody is just a walking, talking robot regurgitating what comes from the mainstream all the time and not thinking about anything really besides this following. So I know that the majority of people in this world are definitely being controlled with this hermetic knowledge. But seeing that there's an organic side, my theory is that they're trying to like work with their agenda inside of like essentially what's already the force of nature and, and make their agenda in tune with this. And what I'm not great in is astrology. I'm sure there's a whole other astrological piece of this that fits in as well. Mm. But that's about the best I can answer. 
Yeah, man, that's really amazing. It's like some of this might be natural and they just tweak it for their own power and influence, kind of like diverting the course of the river. The current's still going, but you can kind of make it go where you want to go. But pay attention, people. The world is a crazy place. The more you look at it, the less it makes sense. But damn, this has been a massive, massive pleasure I can't believe it took so long to get you on. You really didn't need me at all, but I do hope we can do it again in the future. The book is Number Games, 9-11 to Coronavirus. Tell them what else you got out there. Yeah, the new book is the first book that's finally in print. My first book is massive. And for people who are out there, if you don't mind reading on a screen, you can get my first two books in ebook form, which isn't a bad way to get it because then you can use the search to look for key things. My first book's almost 800 pages long and it's bigger pages than this. It's a really big book, but there's a lot of really good information in there. It's like, I don't waste time when I write. I mean, it's 800 pages of dense information and it could have been even longer. But really, if you want to learn about this knowledge, I suggest you pick up both of my ebooks for $5 because it's just $5 you get them both and use the search functions to go through the document, read the first chapters in both, and then look at what other information you might be interested in. And then if you like the book, I would highly encourage people to buy the written book because you know you can go through here, you can write notes, highlight things. There's just a lot of pages where you can just be like, look at this right here, look at this right here, and get people to wake up. It's nice to have a, a physical, tangible copy in your hands because a lot of people also prefer to read papers to screens, which I understand. But based on how dense the information is and the fact that you might want to search for things, that's what's nice about having the electronic version. So I, ha I have the two books out there. You can get them from my website, gematriaeffect.news. You can get them on my Patreon page. You can get them on Amazon. From what I understand is Book Baby's putting out my book on all sorts of things. I guess it's available at Target and all these other stores. So you can order it online or you can order it directly from me. I also have a Patreon page where I teach Gematria Monday pretty much five days a week. Some days we go overtime. Sometimes we do the weekend too. But I mostly teach it to people on a daily basis through sports because sports is actually a really good way to see how the knowledge is used and how the different ciphers matter. For the person out there who heard me in the beginning say there's four ciphers, I know a lot of people just right away, they think like, oh, well, maybe because of these four ciphers, you can just make anything. It's not true. But in sports, you see how the four ciphers come to be. It's like, for example, the first game of this football season the Chiefs defeated the Texans 34 to 20, and Andy Reid got his 83rd career win with the Chiefs. And in Gematria, Texans equals 83, so it makes sense he gets his 83rd win, plus football equals 83. Texans equals 20 and 34 in the base ciphers as well. The score of the game was 34 to 20, which is 54 combined points, and the Chiefs had just won Super Bowl 54. And then the other value of Texans is 79, which is the 22nd prime number, and the Chiefs became 2 and 2 at home against the Texans by beating them. So all of the numbers from the Texans value lined up with the riddle. And these types of things go on day after day in the world of sports. You really see how important the four ciphers are. You can see it with news as well, but with sports, there's just countless examples each day. So that's why I find it to be a good way to teach people. Plus people learn that they can bet a dollar and literally turn it into a hundred dollars if their parlays come through. So you don't have to risk a lot to learn a lot. Yes, I like that about it for sure. I'm hoping I can wrangle up a few buddies to test the theories, but you make it seem so easy and I'm looking forward to it. But this has been amazing. I hope we can throw some THC fuel on your Gematria effect fire. You really know your stuff. Your time and dedication are much appreciated. It's a real service to the people out there. Keep doing what you do and take care. 
Really appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on. Happy to come back. Have a great day, everyone. Cheers. Wow. Oh my God. What a guest. What a show. I thought that was pretty unbelievable. Of course, the sports parts were for you guys, not really for me. But I meant what I said in the last joint session about needing good people with deep pockets. So maybe there's an opportunity there, huh? But my brain was pretty much mush when we got done recording this. And I'm pretty sure some of you feel the same way. And kind of like that last show with Michael Wan, I don't really know what this is exactly, but it's something. Zach's breakdowns were so dense, we barely even touched on the idea that some of this might be natural, and I have to think that some of it is. Or if we throw in higher realms and the filtering down of certain things, it could be directed from a non-physical dimension to some degree. And not to keep referencing that Michael Wan show, but it is just such a great compliment to this, and his presentation used Wikipedia as his main source material, and he stated right up front, Wikipedia is the story they want to tell. It's the narrative they want to promote and have us follow. Meaning, it might not literally be the exact facts, and I think that's in play for a lot of the news stories. The plane took off at this exact time, it crashed at this exact minute, or a shooting that had exactly 33 dead. Sometimes I think these events are just chaos, and nobody's actually counting, or they give out the real number after things die down, but they'll put out the news story that contains all their precious number codes because it probably signals the truth to people in the know somewhere, and or it might contribute to the hazy hypnotic state a lot of people are in. But even more so, what if they just know that certain numbers and patterns pass the conscious mind and plug right into the subconscious? So much of nature is run on number codes and repeating ratios. I think that's possible. In fact, we have an upcoming episode about ecology and the paranormal, which might be a bit light on mind blowers compared to today. But there is a point about conch shells or sunflowers and these representations of sacred geometry in nature being enough in some cases to trigger an anomalous or psychedelic-like experience. So we're in that territory with this stuff too. At least I'm open to it. That's kind of where my mind goes. But the whole time I'm thinking about this stuff, the back of my head is saying, but what about the sports? When number 33 hits a grand slam to win the game by X amount of points on the X parallel after their dad died at 7.11 p.m. seven days ago, or just all these weird things in sports, that's literally being done in front of millions of eyes. And a lot of the sports examples Zach gave us, it wasn't just about who won the game, but it's about the exact score and several other synced up elements that really make me scratch my head. Do I think all professional athletes are secretly bred and raised to play these roles in the pro leagues? Well, I don't know, but it seems very difficult to explain without concluding that it's all a big ruse. Maybe numbers themselves are alive or sentient somehow, and a sporting event is a microcosm in which they play their own games too. That's how far out this stuff gets me. And I had to resist the temptation to jump in so many times because he was throwing a lot of stuff at us. But when a guest is on a roll, I should just 
let it rip, <laughs> as tough as it might be. I would assume he appreciates it over a bunch of, wait, 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 go back. Because that's got to be just a whole magnitude of difficulty more than just keeping the stuff in your head and keeping your thoughts clear as it is. But this was so fast-paced that I'm not sure if it came up in this interview today or one of the many previous interviews of Zach's that I listened to to prepare, but he looks at some amazing sinks with the Dunblane Massacre in 1996, where a guy supposedly shot 16 children in a primary school, a teacher, and then of course shot himself with no real motivation, and that is kind of what got guns removed in the UK. Wikipedia says 162,000 pistols and 700 tons of ammunition and related equipment were handed in by an estimated 57,000 people. I'm sure Zach would have something to say about those numbers. But there are some parallel sinks with Sandy Hook, and I do think that was the goal, to confiscate guns. Sandy Hook was December 14th, 2012, exactly a week before this date that a lot of people put their hopes in for some sort of positive change in direction, co-opting all that energy, much like how so many people were ready to kick off 2020 in the right way, and then bam, virus, lockdowns, and the worst year of your goddamn existence. Or 2001 being the new millennium, and we couldn't get through that year without the biggest event of our lifetimes, at the time, fucking it up. Funny how they do that, right? Capture all the collective positive momentum and just collapse it into dust. No pun intended. And obviously Sandy Hook did not get all the guns removed, but then we had Parkland and David Hogue, and they are going to keep trying. In fact, the think tanks probably had that as a major bullet point on the roadmap that they wanted to fulfill before 2020. Lockdowns and mandatory vaccines and all the real nasty stuff that I think is coming is a lot easier when the guns are gone. Look how drastic COVID measures were in the UK and Australia. Seems pretty clear to me. Of course, I don't want a gun, I don't really like guns, and I think this issue oftentimes gets a bit too much focus, much like abortion, but still, I think that was the intention, and we don't talk about it much here anyway. But wow. <laughs> Again, Zach is the man. Definitely show him some love. Check out the book. If you have any interest in Gematria, it's a book that's laid out so well, you are going to love it. In higher side news, you know we got the live Q&A event with Sally Fallon Morell tonight if you're a supporter of either THC Plus or Rune Soup. I think the stuff we're going to talk about tonight is so important, it's going to be a huge factor in navigating the next few years, getting a good handle on not only terrain theory and the history there, but also the role of fear and stress and health is no small thing when you really look at the data. So I look forward to seeing you plus people on the call. The email went out on Sunday, so I hope you all have the link. Of course, it will be archived if you can't be there live, but I'm trying to do what I can to give the people who support me the real tools they're going to need going forward. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. But I know these are challenging times where people have to decide what to support and what needs to be cut out of their lives. And this is my job and what I depend on. So I'm thinking a lot about how to increase its value. I want Plus to be one of the most valuable things in your life for $8. And even if times are very heavy, I still think it's important to have fun and mix in some shows and topics that are light and mentally medicinal. 
but we're also going to go hard on what this future really looks like and the difficult choices that are probably going to need to be made. And because the medical system is the vehicle in which a techno-tyranny is going to be implemented, learning the basic history of terrain theory and the crude barbaric experiments that have been done to try and prove contagion theory as it's presented to the world is so, so, so important. As crazy as the 9-11 conspiracy might have sounded at first, once you learned the history of false flags, it became easier to put into context, and this situation is just like that. I don't think it's an either-or paradigm either, but I definitely think it's mainly terrain rather than germs, and we will go over that as best we can in tonight's live call with Sally. It's the foundation everyone will need to be confident and brave enough to stand up to all the things they're going to try to implement with viruses, maybe more than just COVID, as a justification. Just like 9-11, fear of a ruthless and near-invisible enemy gets people to surrender a lot of rights and acquiesce a lot of control. And if you really think about the problem and the solutions they implement, they're not going to have much to do with your actual health and well-being. But like with the shootings and the subsequent gun control attempts, the elite have their plans, and then there's the reality of what they can implement. We don't have to assume they always get their way, but it will rely on your mental fortitude, and I think that starts with a real lesson in terrain theory. And I already hear the groans that if this is so important, why would you put it behind the paywall? Well, because this is my job. This is how I make sure my family and the people I care about have enough optionality to navigate accordingly. Before you complain to me, I hope you can say that the way you make your money is more useful to the world than the way I decided to. I'm all fired up. This was a good one. I just read The Contagion Myth. How could I not be fired up? But I look forward to seeing Plus People tonight. Any time with Gordon is time well spent as far as I'm concerned. And again, big thanks to Zach for today's show. The first hour was wild enough, but in this second hour, we talked about what Zach has been analyzing to crack the 2020 World Series puzzle. Are the elite breeding people for specific cultural roles? The Glade X pandemic simulation, 666 days before the real one. Also, we recorded this the day after the debates, and there was a little bit of stuff there. But Trump got, quote unquote, coronavirus 33 days before the election. I bet Zach is. Keen on that one, too. We talked about the old Michael Douglas movie, Falling Down, the World Trade Center, and Coronavirus. Also a little bit about was what we're told about the solar system made up to fit the Gematria matrix, Gematria's predictive power outside of the world of sports, and even what the Boondocks Oracle says about the upcoming election results. So consider signing up for Plus if you've been a free listener for a long time. we got a lot of stuff going on. You've got a massive archive to catch up on, and there will always be more. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed the ride today, and I'll see you next time. Your Move Gamatria gurus, reality coders, and sorcerers of the giant societal spell. Your fucking move. This is important. Hear what I said. I'm trying to tell you. It's not paranoia, not in my head. It's just the hard truth Knocked on your door while I still can To ask you a question Cause I know your head is still in the sand Don't be sheep to your slime
Don't you know? 